0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Freedom International live stream. So what most of us would like to live healthier because when we enjoy our lives then we want to stay longer especially when we have loved ones our families our career and we feel really meaningful. But what what is the secret or secrets on how to live long and healthy and happy, joyful and peaceful, especially nowadays that as if we're being bombarded from everything that could mess us up in terms of living healthy. And this is the perfect live stream because our guest today, Dr. John Tickell has traveled in many countries with his family and two of them are doctors and they have traveled especially to learn from the the, the cultures that seem to live longer and healthier and he'll talk about that more today and he is not a um he's not a stranger to many of those who have been following PBS show, you know, you still remember that one? It was still a small show, you know. And then, because I've seen here his portfolio there, and he is the author of a best-selling book called "Laughter, Sex, Vegetables, and Fish," and "Top Ten Secrets for Longevity." So welcome, Dr. Tikal, and please feel free, whatever information more you want to share before we continue our conversation. Welcome. I know it's difficult. You're all the way to Australia. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you for your sacrifice.
1: Uh, Thank you, Grace. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on the screen with all you lovely people. And yes, uh, Australia is in, if you look at the map, the way we look at it, Australia is down the bottom. On, in the southern ocean and so when we travel overseas uh, you know to LA it's 15 hours and to London it's 20 something hours and so when we get on the when the, those big jumbo jets now uh, you have to uh, pace yourself and eat and drink accordingly uh, one of the biggest problems in long jet travel is is the hydration so and many people are going on a holiday, so they start drinking alcohol and they dehydrate themselves so much that the next few days they can't remember. So it's, it's, it's really interesting, this health game. It's in the Western world, we have a way of... I'll give you an, an example. Our health expectancy in, in the Western world is increasing still, slowly, but it's increasing. Our, our life expectancy... When when I go in front of an audience, I say, listen, I want you to make a decision. I want you to raise your hand. You've got two things you can have, but only one of them is the most important to you. Do you want more life expectancy or do you want more health expectancy? Because in the Western world, they don't seem together. So most people say, I want more health expectancy, but we tend to measure the success of health via life expectancy. So what's the, what the challenge is, if we're going to live till we're 90 or 95, we're now spending the last two or three decades unwell. So I call this the CHAD syndrome, C-H-A-D. So we're now getting more cancers and heart disease and Alzheimer's and diabetes and dementia. So very few people escape one of these chronic diseases before they get to the end of their life. So what's the point in living longer if we're living sicker? So I went backwards in the world, and I went back to the countries that seem to have great life expectancy, as notated by the World Health Organization, and then I started to look at their habits and see which of them stayed and remained healthy during their 85 or 90 years, rather than succumbing like we do in the Western world in where 60s and 70s to all these chronic diseases. So that's my bottom line, and that's been my research for the last 25 years, Grace, and so I think I've come up with a few little little ideas and habits which we can ingrain into our lifestyles that give us both life expectancy and more health expectancy.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I muted myself, but now I'm unmuted again. But anyway, and, and, and that's why We would like to hear so much from your experience in traveling, because sometimes some people can just keep writing it and not really experience or see and speak with the people who are truly living that life. And uh, so what would be the very first thing that someone can really do in order to be on that path where that life expectancy together with a health expectancy will merge
1: well i like to break things into simple ideas so they're memorable so it's no point in standing in front of a lecture when there's words and words and words coming out of the person's mouth or on the screen but the memorability the way you remember it, is not there so i'm going to start with playing the game of cards so if anyone here is a card player, what do you think the four most important cards in the pack would be? Anyone. Card The four yeah. most important- four the four aces. You got it. Well done. It is that helmet? No Carl. No Carl.
2: No. The
3: four
4: aces. I used to play I used to play a
1: lot of cards. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully win a lot of money. So, well. <laughs> So because we're now concentrating on the four aces, I'm calling these skills the ace skills of life. Now, A is for activity, C is for coping, some people call it stress management, and E is for eating. So A, activity, C, coping, E, eating. And when we play the the, the four aces, we've got four different colors. We've got the ace of diamonds, which is to me meaning wealth creation, having enough money to go down to the uh, hotel and have a beer on a Friday night and go, go to the football and go to the movies and uh, feed your kids and buy them shoes and send them to school and all those essential things. The, the other red ace is the ace of hearts. And this represents your family unit, the relationships, the belief systems, the compassion, I know a lot of people in Australia and the USA who've got a lot of money, like billions of dollars, but the ace of hearts is not there. And if you've lost the ace of hearts in your life, you don't have a life. So it's some some of the billionaires I know have never, never given one dollar to a charity or to help other people. Now the black hearts, there's the ace of spades, and that represents to me the work ethic. So you go to work, you roll up your sleeves, you dig a few holes, you work hard, and that game's respect. Now, one of the things about the Okinawans and the long-living, healthy people on Earth, uh, they referred to as the Blue Zones. And on top of my list of the Blue Zones is the islands of Okinawa. Okinawa, a group of islands off the southern end of Japan, and the big island has about 2 to 3 million people. So they have a mantra in Okinawa. They don't know about the word Retire. Now, retire is a Western invention. Somebody in America dreamed it up in Chicago 100 years or 200 years ago. So, my question is: If you're going to retire, like you're tired, why would you want to get retired? So, one of the one of the big challenges in our life: we we leave work and we do nothing. People say, oh, "I'm going to be so busy." And They do their garden for 45 days, and then they go to a few sports, and then they go on a holiday and, you you know, you go on 13 cruises in the first year, but then what are you you giving back? You've had a wonderful life. What are you actually giving back to people on this planet when you're retired? (laughs) So so that's off my list. So I've got 24 years to go before I get a, a telegram from the Queen of England. So when you're 100 in Australia, the Queen sends you a telegram. If she's still around, that would make her about 123. And I don't want a telegram from Prince Charles. So going back to the ace of spades, the Okinawans never stop working because 90% of them work in the field next door to the village. So isn't it strange that their food intake all comes from locally produced, homegrown soils? And the other fascinating thing they do, they've never heard of what we now call conventional medicine. They don't spray pesticides on their crops. They don't spray insecticides. They don't fill their animals up with hormones. They don't fill them up with antibiotics to increase their growth and so they don't get sick. It's all these. you may have heard of the word organic. Organic is to do with carbon atoms, but organic in terms of food, I call it HI. If I want to look at a food or a drink for eight seconds, I can tell whether it's good or bad for me. It's the amount of human interference that's happened to that poor orange or that poor apple or that poor cow or whatever. So the more a food is interfered with by human beings, the worse it is for you. So we've got to get back to basics. The last ace, the black ace, which is the ace of clubs, that's to do with community. I know from my research all over the world for many, many years, many decades and looking at history, that the people who belong to a community, whether it's a book club or a tennis club or a golf club or a bridge club or, or a Lions club or a Rotary club, people who belong to a club have a far better, more fulfilling, longer, happier life. So when we get back to the islands of Okinawa, we look at their activity patterns. In the Western world, is is any, any people on my screen right there, hey helmet, or Jay or Carl or... or Grace, is there any of you work with no computer in front of you? Or have you all got computers? Computers. Computers. Okay, so 90% of the people in the Western world sit in one place at one desk with one computer and they stare at it all day. And (laughs) that's a peculiar happening because each human being was created with 600 muscles and 180 joints. And they're all created to move. So why in the Western world do we get arthritis in our 40s instead of the Okinawans who never get it or get it in their 95s, if that's a word. And why do we get the sludging up of our arteries because of inactivity, because we're not flushing the arteries. And why does our brain go stale because we're in this like work corridor, work, work, work. So people can say, well, that's when you get stressed. And I say, well, hang on, that word stress People say, oh, dog, mate, you know, I've been under a lot of stress lately. And I say, hey, I was lucky enough to meet Hans Selye, the father of stress, the first person in the world in the 1930s, an Austrian professor who started looking at the biochemistry of stress. You're not under stress, you're under pressure. Now, when I apply the same exact pressure to three human beings, three different reactions can happen. So under pressure, you have a stress response. Now, if you're feeling good about things and you've got uh, people around you and support systems and you're excited about what you're doing, you're more likely to have a positive response. So if I got you five people and put you on, on, the, on the football ground or the cricket ground or the, the baseball ground on the, on the last day, the grand final, how would you go? Probably not very well because the other people there are experts. They've been training, they've got a coach, they've got a plan. They've been practicing three, four or five days every week for, for years. And so if you're in an abnormal environment or an abnormal situation, you're more likely to have a negative stress response. So when you you go to a board meeting and, and you've got to make a big decision, and and the two guys up the other end or the two ladies up the other, I've got experience in doing deals and making decisions. They feel more comfortable and they can make decisions more easily and more successfully. the two people down the other end, the juniors who've never been in a board meeting before, they're going to start panicking and say, oh, you know, I'm like, I can't think properly. And and why can't they think prop- properly? Because they've never been there before. But what goes in this little hole in the... like? If, if, I draw, if I drew your anatomy 101, your intestines goes from, there's a wide end up the top and it goes right down and there's a tiny end at the bottom. So the top end we call your mouth and the other end we call the other end, okay, because in medical terms it's got different names. Now, when we shovel stuff in the top end, it's either used by you to lay down good body tissue or it's used and turned into energy. But when we put so much of that human interfered with food in the top and the body can't use it effectively, then it tries to come out the bottom. But in the Western world, we're not eating enough of the fibre carbohydrate. And so it gets stuck. So we get diseases like uh, irritable bowel syndrome and colitis and bowel cancer, uh, colon cancer and diverticulitis. And these are diseases of the Western world because we're treating our intestines as just this pipe in one end and out the other. But it's meticulously planned, so what you put in your face, the little hole in your mouth, has got to help your body live and be healthy. So the activity, let's divide the week into hours. Now, one of you lovely people on my screen, how long do you like to sleep? Do you you sleep six hours or seven hours or eight hours?
3: Seven, seven or okay.
1: seven hours. Seven hours, uh, Harvard, If you said seven hours and you're a mathematician, if you're a, if you're alive for twenty four hours in a day and you sleep for seven, how many hours are you awake for in a day?
3: <laughs> in that moment, it's, uh, so, <laughs> it's,
1: 17. it's
3: seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> right.
1: Now, 17, how many yeah. half? How many half hours in one hour?
3: Thirty five. Uh, Thirty four.
1: Two. Well, in, okay. Seventeen hours is thirty-four half hours. Well done, top of the class. So, if you multiply thirty-four half hours by seven days in a week, you are awake, Albert, for two hundred and thirty-eight half hours. Yes. Next question: Do you move continuously for six of those half hours? It's called exercise. No. Can I ask you why not? I mean, what's going wrong with your calculations? What's going wrong with your management, your self-management skills?
3: Um, let's say it this way. Um, I'm I'm not a Neanderthals, Neanderthals anymore. I'm sitting in the front of a computer. I have um, I a comfortable flat. I yes. sit a lot, think a lot, talk a lot uh, yep. by phone. And um, I don't walk 30, 80 kilometers a day. Nope. This was 3,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago.
1: Okay, so let me put it this way. If you want to live a long, healthy life and have what we call is a good immune system, you must move your body continuously for six half hours. So do you think you could get up from Maybe you're going to have to make an appointment with yourself. So if you get out your calendar and start on a Sunday, so on Monday, have you got 30 minutes to go for a brisk walk? And you're going to say, no, I'm too busy. Well, I'm going to say yes. It depends whether you want to destroy your life and all the workings in your body or whether you want to keep them active and mobile and healthy. And then you say, well, Tuesday, if I work Monday, if I go for a walk, I'm going to be too tired on Tuesday. (laughs) And then Wednesday, say, oh, no, 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 I've got a late meeting on Wednesday. I can't get home and exercise. So we'll get up in the morning. Grace, am I allowed to use the Australian term bloody? Get up bloody half an hour earlier get up at, you know, 6 instead of 6.30 and go for your half hour. Oh, yes, but I'll be tired. Oh, but, but, excuse excuses excuse it, excuse it. So not only are adults in the Western world, 90% of adults in the Western world spend 90% of their time sitting, lying, sleeping, looking at computers, looking at television sets, looking at telephones, eating, whatever. I mean, we, we literally used to go out dancing. People don't go out dancing anymore unless they're 13 or 14 and they go to a, to a nightclub. So the human body was made to move. So six times 30 minutes in a week is your minimum dose. Let's talk about prescriptions. That's my activity prescription. Let's go to the other end of the scale, to the E, the E. Now, I've got four rules of nutrition which I stole from the longest living, healthiest people on earth. The first rule is move for 1% of your life. So there's 168 hours in a week. 1% of 168 hours is 1.68 hours. It's 100 minutes exactly. So when you total up your six half hours in the week, that's 180 minutes, you're doing your minimum dose of activity. So you, you, there are three levels of activity. There's fanatic, where you run marathons and climb mountains. The bottom of that ladder in terms of activity is slob. Do you know the English word slob, which means you're a fat slob? Yeah. And you get diseases and the intermediate part is called moderation so my life prescription is moderation in all things grace mentioned one of my famous books i met it i met a guy in the u.s called george burns anyone heard of george burns yeah he, he was a comedian who died at the age of 100 100 and i i was lucky enough to meet him in new york when he was nine, 99 and i said george What's your secret to life? You're obviously going to live one more year and be 100. He said, Doctor, it's everything in moderation except four things. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you can use four things to excess. I said, what are they, George Burns? He said, laughter, sex, vegetables and fish. So everything in moderation except more laughter, more sex, more vegetables and more fish. And he said, by the way, Doctor, don't do those whole whole four of them together. It makes an awful mess. So that's been one of my mantras for my whole life: is your activity and the eating. There, there are two food groups in the world. When I went to school, the uh, the teacher used to tell me there are five food groups in the world. You might you might have got taught the food pyramid. If I gave you ten minutes to draw me a food pyramid and put all the things in the right spots, it's too complicated. Don't complicate things. There are two food groups in the world. There's basic foods and bonus foods. Basic foods are plant and bonus foods are not plant. People say, what do you mean? I said, well, if something's grown in the ground or in a tree and you you pick it and you don't interfere with it, that's basic food. You see, people say, say, oh, yeah, but but, you know, I've, I've heard of this keto diet. I've heard of this diet. I've heard of that diet. I said, hey, hey, what's the acronym for diet? It's did I eat that? It lasts three weeks. So you take weight off and then you put it all back on when you go off your diet. So why don't we learn from the longest living, healthiest people on, on earth? And don't forget there's a difference between a carnivore and a herbivore. Carnivores have very short intestines. They have different claw structure for ripping, they have different teeth structure for biting and very short intestines. So they rip rip meat into lumps and what they digest they can and the rest goes whoosh straight out the back door. Herbivores, and don't forget human beings are omnivores but we're built structurally a long way towards the herbivore. We have incisors, only four molars, in sizes for chewing, and and we don't have claws; we have fingers, so we can't rip animals to bits and eat lumps of them. Our intestines are very, very long; they're winded all the way down, all the way down your gut, many, many meters long. Right. So if we start consuming huge amounts of flesh, they get stuck inside you. You know, the body can't can't consume and then absorb all the nutrients from a lump of flesh and it gets stuck. And so the World Health Organization and the World Cancer Research Fund tell us quite aptly that if you eat more than 500 grams of red meat a week, which in the old is, I don't know, 16 ounces of red week, your risks of colon cancer start skyrocketing and every 100 grams over the 500 grams a week you eat increases your risk of bowel cancer and colon cancer by another 7%. So why is bowel cancer the second leading cancer in the Western world? I mean, because you go out to dinner and the restaurateur says, oh, madam, do you want a steak or chicken or fish? And you choose. And he says, okay. And here comes the meal. And you say, but where's the vegetables? And he says, oh, madam, it's $7 for carrot and $8 for spinach. I said, if you go into a Ma and Pa Asian restaurant, Malaysian, Vietnamese, you don't pay extra for the broccoli. I mean, in the Western world, we've got rocks in our head. We eat a whole cow overlapping the plate. (laughs) And then we have to pay extra for the real food. So it's fascinating. So the second rule of nutrition after basic bonus, is two-thirds, one-third. Two-thirds of every meal you eat must be of plant origin. Got it? Good. So basic bonus, plant, not plant. Two-thirds, one-third. The next one is the rule of 15, there was a, what are you talking about? Say, so, righto, the Okinawans eat between 18 and 22 different plant foods every day of their lives. They've got the lowest rate of heart disease and cancer in the whole world. And diabetes, they don't get diabetes, only their children get diabetes. I must explain to you that the big island of Okinawa, with the two million people, The Americans built a naval base in Okinawa in 1945, and it became Little America. So now on the Big Island, when the elders get into their 70s, 80s and 90s, their kids go south down to the American end of the island where there's KFC, Maccas, nightclubs, rock and roll, drugs, and the fascinating thing is the children are starting to die in their 50s 60s and 70s of breast cancer and diabetes and their parents are still alive and people say doc you can't prove this i said come with me to the other side of the world mate you know it's interesting so food is basic bonus two-thirds one-third uh the rule of 15 and that last one that i mentioned before so fit people say but i couldn't eat 15 plant foods a day i said it's not a whole bowl of spinach it's a it's a little bit like when you break your fast People say, I don't know, it's called breakfast in our country. I said, but it used to be two words. Some stupid idiot 200 years ago was in such a hurry. They said, it's breakfast. It's not break fast. I said, no, it's break fast. You're breaking a 17 hour fast from dinner last night to lunch today. And if you don't break your fast, your intestines are not they they're not moving all the poisons and toxins through. So you've got to break your fast and it's got to be fibrous. Fibre is the carbohydrate in food that doesn't break down easily. It, it acts as a sweeper, a sponge. People say, oh, you've got a high cholesterol. Well, you wouldn't have a high cholesterol if you ate more fibre because it, it sucks up like the sponge and sweeps it away, or little things like that, okay? So you break your fast with some whole-grain, <coughs> excuse me, whole grains, as in whole-grain bread, whole-grain cereal, in the supermarket, there's not many whole grain cereals. In our, in our, our country, there's only three. There's Wheat fibre bits, and Oats. Um, you have to search for your whole grains, and then you put some fresh fruit with it. Not mashed up fruit, not stewed fruit, because as soon as you start to cook fruit, the fibre disappears. So fresh fruit. And so if you're having some grains and some fresh fruit, three, four, five bits of fresh fruit, just little bits, chopped bits off them. So there's five or six plant foods for a start. <coughs> And then for lunch, you don't have a meat pie or a a pizza or a a Big Mac or a a box of KFC and fries. I mean, Americans, they invented this way of destroying a potato. The Irish have lived on potatoes for centuries, but what the Americans could do with a potato, they chop it into 200 pieces, increase its surface area a thousand times, dump it in fat and cover it in salt. I mean, (laughs) what a great way to eat a potato. And that's leading now to childhood obesity. I mean, Australia, America, there's 25, 33% of kids, and people say you can't say the word fat. It's politically incorrect. Okay, well, they're they're the wrong shape. And wrong-shaped children become wrong-shaped adults. And so your incidence of heart disease and type 2 diabetes and strokes and all those cardiovascular diseases, they skyrocket. So, what are we doing to our human bodies, you know? One of the biggest things in life as a parent is role modeling. You can yell at kids, you can tell them to do stuff, but they end up doing what you're doing. Oh, my kids won't eat fruit. Say yes, they will. If you chop fruit into 16 little bits and put it on a platter, they'll eat fruit. I mean, what my gorgeous wife invented an FP100 when the kids were little. An FP100, it's a fruit platter. It lives in your fridge 100% of the time. It takes five minutes to cut up seven different fruits a day and put it on a platter. <coughs> oh, Nana, where's the fruit platter? You know, you, it's the little, little things, the little tricks, the little tricks. And then for dinner, oh, for lunch, go back to your lunch. You have a whole grown piece of bread and you have some salad items and a bit of beetroot. And instead of spreading butter all over you of your bread, why not spread a little bit of avocado? In I mean, that's monounsaturated fat. They're all different sorts of fat. But the safest fat in the world is monounsaturated. It's avocados. It's olive oil. Throw the butter away, the margarine away. Put it, Every restaurant, every house in America, Germany, UK, anywhere, you've got to have your bottle of virgin olive oil there. It's the safest fat. It's the lubricant. You can do anything with it. If you cook with it, be careful because it's got a low smoke pump. So only cook with olive oil once and you only need a little bit. So all these things, okay? So dinner time, you go out to dinner in a, in a fancy restaurant from the big cities in the world, Rome, Tokyo, New York, Paris, London. And you, you go back to the chicken, fish or steak or the pasta, which is just refined sugar because they don't use whole grade pasta. And then you've got to pay extra for the vegetables. So when you get back to the Eastern side of culture, they've still got the sense of using food straight from the paddock to your plate. If you order a meal in America, by the way, all the contents have traveled an average of 1,300 miles across America to get to your plate. I mean, why? We import in Australia apples from California. Why? We're the same size of California. We can grow apples here. We import fish from China. We get hepatitis every six months. I mean, why why, why can't we buy stuff from the local farm? Oh, it's not sophisticated enough. It's not fancy enough. It's it's basic human instinct. So the eating is basic, low human interference, more plant, less flesh, and the middle one, the coping, people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, I can't cope with life. I so maybe maybe you're in the wrong life. Oh, but my job's so hard and, you know, all this mulch. The other thing that's happening in Australia at the moment is the Me Too thing. I mean, people say women are equal with men. Rubbish, women are way ahead of men. I mean, women can multitask, men can only do one thing at once. Women make all the important decisions in life. Oh yeah, it's so like what? We're not gonna live in this house, we're gonna buy that house. Take your shirt off. I don't like it. Put on a different shirt. Imagine, guys, if you told your partner or your wife to change a dress before she went out to a ball. I mean, she'd scream the place down. But but the women make the, the important decisions. And the other thing is pain tolerance. The only pain that equates to having labour and passing a baby through that tiny hole down the bottom is passing a kidney stone. And when I used to work in emergency as a young doctor, it was so obvious that women's pain tolerance were gritting their teeth and, you know, let's do this, and a man was climbing up the wall, give me some more morphine, you know, it's the end of my life. So I've never met a man yet who's tolerated the pain of labour. So all this rubbish about equality of sexes, women are way ahead of men, and we should, we should realise that. I mean, when I was diagnosed with brain cancer 10 years ago, my gorgeous wife brought in my 10 veggies for dinner every night. I mean, it's interesting in hospitals, you have a bypass operation or stench to your heart and then the next meal, they f- feed you custard and cream to fill up the, the arteries again. Your three major coronary arteries are one-fifth, one-fifth the width of your little finger. Appreciate that. There's not much room in your coronary arteries. So if you keep filling it up with animal fat and saturated fat and all these weird foods we we make in the Western world, it gets clogged up and then you need one little clot of blood to come and go clunk clunk, and the lights are out. So every five seconds, somebody in America drops dead. No symptoms, no, the first symptom in 35% of people with heart disease is sudden death and that's bloody hard to cure. So, my bottom line after travelling the world, 100 something companies, countries, whether the two or three kids, medical kids, is let's look at the people who live the longest and the healthiest and get back to the way they live. They're active most of the day. You're allowed to get up from your, your desk and walk around the office three times. You're, if you work on the 10th story of a building, the 10th floor, you don't have to catch the elevator. You're allowed to walk up the stairs. Oh, but, oh, oh, but, oh, but what? Oh, but I'll, I'll be late for the meeting. I'll be puffed out. <laughs> but if you did it every day, you wouldn't be puffed out. You know, It's called the trading effect. So bottom line in life, guys and girls, activity, move more, minimum of six times, six half hours a week in your 2.38 you're awake. Eating, more plant, less flesh. Eat regularly, little bits regularly. Interesting in the Western world, we eat our biggest number of calories at the end of the day. What do you do with them? You watch television with them, you go to the computer with them, you get on the phone with them, you watch TV with them, and then you take them to bed. Now, how many of you five people burnt a lot of calories in bed last night? Because I can tell you, walking burns 300 calories an hour, running burns five to 600 an hour, cycling's in the middle, skiing across country burns 800 an hour, sex is 400 calories an hour, so two minutes is only 13. Extramarital sex is double, that can kill you. So you can walk, you can walk, you can walk, that's the best, the best exercise routine is to move all your muscles, the whole 600 at once. Swimming moves every muscle at once. Oh, no, no, I don't swim. Why not? I don't live near the beach. Well, there's a swimming pool near your house in the next suburb. It's open on Sunday. Oh, Sundays, I'm, I'm very busy. And my hair gets wet. I say, well, that's what happens when you swim, you know. Cycling is very good for the lower half of your body and your heart. But you've got to get overall. So, you know, you need some lightweights. My, my gorgeous wife, she's 72. She's still the personal trainer. Rehab. It's interesting, in Australia, 130,000 Australians has a hip or knee replacement every year. In America, it's 2 million a year. Why? It's usually osteoarthritis. Why? Because we're inactive. Why? Because we eat the wrong food. It's interesting how we manage our own body, and probably 80% of the illness we get is self-inflicted. There's a fair statement. And the last thing of the ACE skills is the coping how do I cope better? Well, have you ever heard of the personality types of A, B and C? A, people are very ambitious, they're very fast moving, they interrupt people when they're talking, they tap their pen on the, on the table when, when things are slowing down, their knee, knee wobbles and their foot taps up and down like this. A types say, hate red traffic lights. They go down 17 side street, get there at the same time, and at least they were doing something, you know? Type A males, it's easy to type yourself as an A male because type A males always push the flush button on the toilet before they finish peeing. Like they're halfway through and they're going like this because they think it's, think it's going to happen faster, right? So A types are great at their business, but they've got a higher risk of heart, heart attacks and strokes. fact. Then you have B types bit more laid back, you know, I come and see Grace and have some treatments and some therapy and some meditation and some stretching. B types handle life better, but they don't make make as much money. So is there a trade off there? And then C types, C types internalise all the pressures. So their stress response is internal. Uh, Oh, no, that'll never work. You know, I'm so worried about this. I won't sleep well tonight. Oh, dear. You know, it's the end of the world. Uh, Well, C types are proven to have a high risk of cancer. Fact. So if you internalize all your challenges and problems, you're, see, everybody gets pre-mitotic cells every day. Cancer cells are rapidly dividing cells. They're they're dividing unnaturally. They're not doing it sequentially. So then the dividing cancer, cancer cells form a lump. Latin for lump is tumor. So you get a tumor in your body. And if your immune system is very weak, those tumor cells can start migrating. So you get the cancer metastasizing. Now, cancer kills Medium, millions of Americans a year and hundreds of thousands of Australian years. But over half of cancer, according to the World Cancer Research Fund, doesn't need to happen. We're doing it to ourselves. The biggest cancer in the world. Anyone know? Raise your hand. What's the biggest cancer killer in the world?
4: It's bowel cancer.
1: Uh, sort of, that's second, it's smoking. It's called lung cancer. That was close. Now, the last time I looked in Australia, we've had 909 COVID deaths in the last year, less than 1,000. Our smoking deaths were 21,000. So 1,000 versus 21,000. In the US, the death toll from COVID is what, in the 300, 350,000 mark? Um smoking kills 600,000 Americans a year. Now in Australia, it is unlawful, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, the the safety rule number one in Australia, all products you supply must be safe. So why in Australia does the, the big tobacco companies get the right to kill 55 Australians a day from a disease they don't need to get. And why does the government steal 10 billion? In America, the government steals steals 200 million American dollars from taxes on smoking. I mean, are our leaders, like are they dumb or just stupid? The biggest cancer killer in the world does not need to happen. And the second biggest cancer killer in the world, which is the colon and the bowel cancer, Two-thirds of people don't need to get colon cancer. If they wash their intestines out with more fibre and they're active, if you're inactive, your risks go high. If you eat more red meat, your risks go high. If you don't eat fibre, your risks go high. It's pretty simple stuff, this preventative medicine. And so I used to be a doctor handing out Valium and antidepressants. And then after a few years, I thought, am I really helping people here? You know, covering up covering up their symptoms with Valium and antidepressants. I mean, kids, you know, Ritalin, the prescription of all these new diagnoses of ADHD and all those sort of things. Uh, And then the the last thing I'll talk about is the immune system. I think the biggest I word in our lives right now because of COVID is I for immunity. There are other brilliant words like integrity and inspiration, all those I words, the but is, the most important thing with your immunity is A, your parents, and B, your own brain. So the biggest immunity you get generated, is from your parents. The first thing that happens to a baby, it's placed on its mother's tummy or chest. for the bonding, the touching, the next best thing that happens to a baby in terms of immunity is breast milk, breast milk, for humans, cow's milk for cows. Human breast meat milk is a lot more full of vitamins, nutrients, antioxidants. So, breastfeeding, oh, I haven't got time to the breastfeed, it's too hard, blah, blah, blah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Then, as we start to move into teenage hood, if that's a word, an adult hood, as teenagers, we are inactive. We sit in front of computers. We go to movies, we watch t- TV, We screen time. It's, it's, and it's not starting as teenagers now, it's starting as three-year-olds and four-year-olds. But if my computer breaks, I ask one of my grandchildren at age six how to fix it. So Sue and I've got 11 grandchildren, so in, we know a, a bit about role modeling. So our teenagers are overweight and they turn into overweight adults. So the Chad syndrome is rife in the Western world. Cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, dementia. So activity, move, eating, less sophisticated. You don't need a recipe. You just need a few ingredients and throw them in a pan with a bit of olive oil and round and round she goes. And then the coping thing, how do we cope better in life? A, we don't put ourselves into situations that we can't control. B, you increase your coping skills with your activity and eating. You join communities. We know that older people, mature people get depressed if they're loners. You know, the Howard Hughes, um, I don't wanna speak to anyone sort of stuff. So communities and clubs. I'll give you an example. The Okinawan villages at sundown every day, they sit on the lawn of the village in the center part of the village, And the elders, the old people who are very respected, they sit in a row and all the young kids and little children go behind them and touch their backs. The Okinawan dialect word is ayakura. It means goodness flowing. So they get the goodness from the elders by touching the elders, by listening to them, by eating what they do, you know, the role modeling thing. So if we were forced to live an Okinawan lifestyle, For 10 or 20 years, we would totally change our lives. If we go on a stupid diet, you know, the Hollywood diet or this diet or the no-bean diet, what about the seafood diet? If you see food, you eat it. I mean, there's all these crazy diets for 21 days. It's getting back to basics. The Great Australian Diet is my diet book that sold millions and millions of copies because I stole it, the principles, from the longest-living people on earth. So build your immunity. The last thing I'll mention is vaccines. Grace, have I got another one minute or two minutes? Yeah. There are a group of people now called anti-vaxxers who believe that vaccines are harmful. Let's go back to 1946 when UNICEF was founded. UNICEF is an acronym for United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. It was begun by the United Nations in Europe after the Second World War. To be nice to children and help them heal and to stop them getting disease. There are now 109 collaborative com- countries who lend their science to UNICEF. UNICEF has saved millions and millions and millions of lives, especially children. Last, 100 years ago, it was a thing called the Spanish flu, which killed millions and millions of people. There was no vaccination. Then there were things like smallpox and polio. Smallpox killed 60 million. A vaccine was invented, now smallpox is eradicated. Poliomyelitis killed thousands of young children and young adults and left many, many, many with impediments. They were paralysed, paralysed limbs, paralysed parts of their body. The polio vaccines were invented. The salt vaccine, injectable in 1950s. In 1961, the Sabin vaccine, which was an oral vaccine, which they could actually give to little kids to prevent them getting polio from this spreading infection. Polio in the world is now eradicated, apart from some of the third, fourth world countries. America, no polio cases now since the 1980s. Australia, zero since the 1990s. But all these new infectious diseases for which vaccines have been invented, like measles, mumps, rubella, German measles. I mean, why wouldn't you, as a woman, have a rubella vaccination to stop the fetal deaths and, and, and birth defects why wouldn't you stop kids dying of whooping cough by giving them a vaccination? I mean, it's so obvious that in various parts of the world there have been spikes of whooping cough deaths in little kids simply because of the social media existence of anti-vaxxers telling you that vaccines don't work and they can harm you. All this so-called Facebook research was based on a report by a guy called Wakefield in 1998. He and 11 authors got their research in inverted commas published in the Lancet magazine, a famous medical magazine. Nine months later, the research was retracted. It was fraudulent. They were cherry picking results from, when you do a research project, you've got to do it on hundreds and hundreds of people with a control group who get placebos. They did their research on 12 children The research was funded by a law group who was suing a vaccine company. And so when Lancet found out all this and they were charged guilty and wiped off the register, these so-called researchers, because of the fraudulent way they did it and the cherry picking of the results. And so that one research paper was the birth of anti-vaxxers in 1908 and it's ballooned ever since. So last question, should I have my COVID vaccine? Yes or no. Don't forget for vaccination to work, you need an immune system. If you have got a zero immune system or very poor system, the vaccine will work. Same with the flu vaccine. Is there any downside of having a COVID vaccine? There've been a few little minor irregularities, skin rashes, nausea, blah, blah, blah. Every drug has a reaction. And the final thing about how I survived brain cancer, I was the first patient in Australia to sign an agreement to be the first in the world to have a new type of immunotherapy drug in conjunction with three chemo drugs. I was fortunate that I had a good immune system because of my 10 veggies every day. And I said to the oncologist, If you were me, he said, you're the first patient in Australia to have this routine, anti-immunotherapy drug and chemo drugs. I said, all at once, he said, yes. He said, I think you'll tolerate it. I said, how do you know? He said, all the other scans and tests we've done, you seem, apart from your cancer, a very fit person. I said, would you sign this agreement? He said, yes, it's your only hope, because Dr. Google had given me 18 months to live. So I signed the paper. I couldn't eat the hospital food, it was ridiculous. My wife brought in my 10 veggies every night for the months I was in hospital having all this chemo and immunotherapy squirted through my veins. And don't forget immunotherapy, the greatest breakthrough ever in cancer, does not work if you haven't got an immune system. So if you've got cancer and they give you immunotherapy and you've got a very poor immune system, it's not gonna work. So my bottom line for this whole thing is your immunity, look in the mirror. You can improve your own immune system if you're active in a moderate fashion, six half hours in a week. You can improve your own immunity if you eat basic foods, more than two thirds basic, less than one third bonus. You can build your immunity if you learn how to control the pressures in your life and either use them for success or eradicate them by shutting the box, and you can learn techniques to help you reduce your negative stress responses. People don't know how to breathe. Hey, Grace, have we got three minutes to do a little breathing technique or not? Sure, but maybe, um, how about we
0: um, give a chance for the panel to ask questions. Because really, at the end, it would really yeah. be nice to know uh, what your daily activity would be. And then, of course, uh, breathing techniques, okay. OK? So I I do have questions, okay. but I'll pass it on to Hartmut, OK?
1: OK.
0: Hartmut, are you muted?
3: Um, uh, Dr. Tickle, you <laughs> this for 15 minutes you talked, there's about so many topics uh, that uh, my br- my brain is flashing in many ways. Brilliant! Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, for one thing, I want to add: uh, uh, the island of Okinawa was also very famous in Germany because in Germany we there was a company which sold. Water filters with the stones, with the stones of Okinawa, because the water in Okinawa is a very special water. Because the water goes through specific stones, and mm. so the water has specific minerals as well. Right. And um, and as they drink the organic water and have organic food, they become very healthy. It's very interesting. Okay. And we drink and we drink this poison water with fluoride and all that stuff and with uh, very high pressure. So that there is no so in the water. That's very interesting. Um,
1: Is there any long-term research about the benefits of of that water?
3: No, because it was uh, uh, only someone knew about the stone, and they brought it to Germany and put it in the water filter, and that's it. Yeah, but they did. It's it's an alternative medicine. Uh, They don't have the money for doing the research, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: And do you, in Germany? Do you have an authority which uh, can allow something to be registered like that, or demand that it no, is not sold because it doesn't work? Do you have an authority like that?
3: Uh, as long as you, as long as you uh, sell it as a wellness product, mm-hmm. you can sell it. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to sell it as a medical product, in that moment we have our authority. Yes.
1: Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, last that's, question was, do you do you drink it?
3: no nope. I have my own thing I have my own system <laughs> I have Thank my you. own system and for this reason um, but it was very interesting the the idea of what the people had um, I thought I thought about about I thought about the um, the the food um, the food your your explanation concerning how we shall eat uh, yes. the plants and non plants. And, uh, for example, I know um, Michael Poiser. Michael Poiser is a German chemist from Brazil. He's living in Brazil. Yep. And he's yep. an yep. aloe vera expert. And he said very interesting thing. He said, 40,000 kilometers of uh, the veins, arterias, yep. and the have 100,000 kilometers in us. And yes. 40,000 kilometers are the capillaries yep. yep. And if we have too much protein, if we, if we eat too much meat or too much fish or... Drink too much milk in that moment, the 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 capillars get damaged and uh, and there is not the right flow anymore. And by eating the uh, plants like vegan for for three months, they mm. could restore themselves better. Is that correct? Can you can you say something about
1: that? Yes, it's a matter of percentage. Um, like you can't say right start today and then in ninety one days and three months your capillaries are all clean. It's a process that can take months and years. But the the biggest cause of capillary roughage and collection of, I, I call it sludge, is smoking. Nicotine starts to irritate the inside of coronary arteries and capillaries. So that's the worst thing. And then saturated fats, animal fats. Um, th- there's a fat in the world now called trans fat. A trans fat is a lot of margarines and manufactured products which is transforming unsaturated into saturated fats the the chemistry the biochemistry of the fat has changed because of what you do to the the fat in terms of heating and adding other chemicals and preservatives and all that sort of stuff so the first the worst three things for clogging up your capillaries and coronary arteries are smoking uh, saturated fat animal fat and inactivity because activity literally flushes some people are clever enough to get what they call um, capillar they grow their own capillaries in the heart if a blockage happens very slowly over a long time you get an alternative growth of capillaries around the blockage but if your heart attack happens suddenly and a big artery is blocked that's lights out that good night nurse like you're on the floor dead so yeah, your, your point is valid, but it's not as quick as three months on vegetarian food. It's it's more like th- three plus years to help the cleaning process.
3: Okay, and uh, and the second question I have is um, that's a all. Third what we, the third question already? Sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the third question what I have is uh, concerning um, the hormones, the hormones yeah. production because um, uh, because of the way we eat. All yes. our hormone production is also, let's say, in cows. And I, th- and I think especially, for example, as a man, about dopamine, oxytocin, testosterone, and the BNDF protein in the brain, in the hippocampus. Yes. And um, because of all, let's say, because of this, um, the wrong kind of eating and the wrong behavior, let's yes. say, the will is very low. We don't have a real will to do something.
1: Is that yes, correct? Can
3: you can you tell that, can you comment about
1: that, for example? I, I can comment because I've studied the series of research projects in Okinawa. The Okinawans, um, two Okinawan doctors and American doctors in conjunction did what they call the hundred year, sorry, the twenty year centenarian study. They studied uh, for twenty long years, everyone over the age of ninety in this group and they compared them to Western people over the age of 90 and the progression of diseases and the progression of chemical changes. They found that in the Okinawans, the change of hormonal status was way, way slower than in Western people. So if you eat basic food, then your hormonal change and degradation of lower uh, testosterone, lower estrogen, all those sort of things, was far less damaging in the Okinawans because they maintained their hormone levels for way longer on basic food. So it's interesting that the Okinawan studies have now been going on by Western medical science, as well as Japanese doctors in collaboration uh, for 75 years now, since 1945. So it's not a science on, you know, seven left handed rats in a, in a cage on a treadmill over two weeks. It's a, it's a study on many thousands of elderly people over 20, but the total examination period has now been 70 years. So it's not research you could say, oh, oh that's, you know, bulldust. It's real. But well, you, your point about hormones is basic food maintains your hormone systems in far better working order.
3: Brilliant. Thank you so much. I, I pass to Jane. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, well done. <laughs> Hey, J- hey, Jane, can you hear me, Jane? Yes, hey, Jane? okay, hey, Jane. sorry. Uh, tell me, J- J- don't tell anyone else, but do Canadians eat as badly as Americans or are they a bit healthier than Americans?
2: No, we're. I would say from visiting America that we're better eaters. Americans pile too much food on their plates I <laughs> I go to some small towns in America, and I'm appalled at how much meat is brought to the table—huge, massive amounts—and very yeah. little vegetables. We're we're much more balanced in Canada, okay. even like there's fast food, but we don't gravitate toward it or the massive amounts of food. Okay. So the last I time I was,
1: in a, I was in a conference in New York, um, I don't know three years ago, and there was a a record posted in the New York Times, they announced that uh, what's the worst donut company? Is it Dunkin' Donuts or is that what? Do you have Dunkin' Donuts?
2: We have Tim Hortons.
1: <laughs> uh, well, anyway, there was a donut company that celebrating the opening of their 1000th store in New York. Yeah. 1000 stores selling rolls of fat and sugar. Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sugar is the other subject, isn't it? That's so harmful.
1: It is, and in the Western world, the World Health, world Health Organisation, I was at an online meeting with them six months ago, they declared that the biggest intake of, of added sugar, not fruit sugars, but added sugars to children's menus is in soft drinks, soda pops. So if you've got a, a can of Coca-Cola or one of those soft drinks off the shelf, it has between nine and 13 extra teaspoons of sugar in it, Extra. Yeah. yeah, it's just it is just crazy
2: yeah and that's one right
1: that's one can yeah
2: yeah yeah and the other the other hidden i find especially for children is in cereals yes like there any um produced cereal is just full of sugar and Correct. they often well, have it for breakfast
1: the, the <laughs> favorite labeling procedure to put people off is low fat in big red lettuce low fat that means high sugar yeah. yeah. So, added sugar in cereals is another culprit. And yeah. going back to basics, I, I think in the US, I lived in the US in uh, in Dallas uh, for a year. And in my mind, the only grain cereals which were more than ninety percent whole grain, we. I think you. Do you have a a wheat or a vita britz like little bricks? Is that right? Do you have a? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're more than ninety five percent whole grain, and then. Uh, uh, real grains like oats that you can buy yeah you know, in the uh, what's the name of the health food stores across America um, um, not cat- cat. <laughs> they have a brand name um, I'm, I'm- Whole foods uh, uh, yeah whole Foods is one and then there's another brand name yeah like it, you, it, it is safer to buy things in whole Foods although they label still cheap mm. yeah,
4: yeah.
2: I I often ponder how we've been programmed as a human race. There's, you know, programming that stresses us as adults that happens when we're children. And, And a lot of that programming, like we are actually programmed to think cereal is food. Yes. And, you know, as I've learned more and more, I kind of marvel at these programs that have, you know, as commercials and... You know, like, who, who dreamt up cereal as <laughs> food? It still
1: well, makes me laugh. A cereal is a derivative of grain, and there are many grains. You know, there's barley, wheat, rye, oats, all those sort of things. So it, in the first instance, human people used to eat the grains, and then they started to make bread out of it using whole grains. But then some weird character got the idea of building I have an acronym called CRAP. Now, CRAP food is commercially refined and processed. So in America now, 70% of your food eaten is CRAP, commercially refined and processed, C-R-A-P. So to go back to basics, you use my rule, my eight-second rule of HI. You look at a food or a drink for eight seconds and say, how much has a human being stuffed this up? And if it's highly stuffed up, don't get near it. If it's a bonus now and again, it's interesting when we go to children's birthday parties and the celebrations. Every piece of food is bad, isn't it? So they think that's you know hero worship because when you go out to a party, a birthday party, a celebration, you eat bad food. Because if you you know if the child arrived and there were just pieces of fruit and um, and whole grains sitting on the plate, they wouldn't be very interested. Because the other interesting medical fact is all your taste buds. For sugar salt and fat are created on the front one-sixth of your tongue so that's what's the danger mm-hmm. portion is taste if your brain is in shape and so I'm not going to eat anything bad today the violation the, 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 the person that messes up is these little TBs taste buds on the front of your tongue
2: Yeah. Mm. The other the other thing i wanted to comment on is um i know when my girls were small um i i could choose whether to entertain them mm. and you know in front of a device or go play with them and i remember we lived in a neighborhood where my husband and i would go out and run with them yes and, and play and at that time i also um we bought a trampoline but the amount of like you you have such choice and it again is a program for life so if they don't learn to move when they're tiny and run and play and do all those things they won't know how when they're older so you're setting them up for life
1: uh jane i totally agree with you 120 percent the but is housing in communities is getting more dense with less space. So if I come to New York tomorrow and buy an apartment, it's about the size of a shoebox, and there's no oven and it's got a microwave in it and it's got no backyard to go play in. So yeah. I mean, how, are we supposed to, how are we supposed to survive as human beings when you live in a box with no oven and no backyard?
2: Yeah, well, I, I chose to move to a farm and so my I, I easily put in the amount of time that you say in exercise, just looking after horses and a farm, and then a little extra on top, like easily probably double. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, not can everybody use. can do that, but I I also took up I took up circus with my children. Okay.
1: Yeah. When they
2: were little, we We all went to circus, not just my kids.
1: <laughs> I love it i can make a statement here if i control the world's health i could slash cancer statistics by half in one decade yeah by bringing in a few rules
2: yeah i know what do you think the mind um body connection is with cancer is because we get triggered and stressed you know so easily and we're not even aware of it and I've come to realize there's a real connection to going into that fight or flight so often in our society.
1: Okay, that's a brilliant uh, thing to bring up. Do you have a pen in front of you? If you can write down these letters, G-R-O-S-S-S. So cancer is very gross. And the V stands for viruses. There are now certain viruses that can cause cancer in the body. The most extreme one in terms of numbers now is papillovirus, which causes cervical or cervical cancer, cancer in women. So the anti-vaxxers are being very dangerous, telling their daughters not to get vaccination for papillovirus because um, cervical cancer kills many, many, many women so if you're saying no to vaccination you're saying no to safety Um, then the gross the acronym for gross is g is genetics there are certain cancers for example breast cancer bowel cancer uh, ovarian cancer um, which can be passed on through genetics so if you have a first degree relative or a cousin with bowel cancer or breast cancer, you have to have to have to start having your checkups and scans when you're 40 years of age, not when you're 60. The R is radiation and pollution. We know that radiation causes cancer. Uh, If you let the radiation from sunlight burn your skin multiple times, especially when you're young, you will get skin cancer. Australia is the centre of malignant melanoma in the world because of so much sunshine. And no protection. Uh, the, the radiation and pollution, the other uh, environmental fact. Let's pretend you lived in Beijing. That's the equivalent of smoking thirty cigarettes a day. Um, Jane, if you live on your farm, that would be the equivalent of smoking zero cigarettes a day. So, in between uh, all these major cities around New York, you know, Chicago, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera, Detroit where the pollution is so intense that yes, it can cause your immune system to drop, which will lead to cancer. So GR, the O is obesity or overweight. Uh, it is now determined by the World Health Organization that obesity is plays a part in many, many cancers, not including breast cancer, including bowel and colon cancer, including ovarian cancer. Um, So I think they've enumerated at least 10 cancers now that have a direct relationship with uh, obesity. Then we have the three S's. The first S is smoking. We know that two thirds of chronic smokers kill themselves. You can either call that stupidity or suicide. There's a quicker way uh, with carbon monoxide, if you put your mouth over the back end of a car, the exhaust pipe, you can kill yourself with carbon monoxide poisoning in a few minutes. If you smoke cigarettes, the carbon monoxide will take you 40 or 50 years to kill you, but it does. The other interesting things is um, a cigarette contains 69 carcinogenic chemicals. So let's pretend the Cancer Council started doing ads, putting up a bottle of fluid and said in this, there is cyanide and arsenic. Would you drink from the bottle? You've got to be kidding. So why don't they put up a cigarette and say this contains cyanide, arsenic, nicotine and 67 other cancer killers? I mean, see, our advertising is all wrong. A kid of 19 who smokes is not going to worry about going a lung cancer when they're 70. <clears throat> like it's a now thing. You are You are inhaling nicotine, you're inhaling arsenic, You're inhaling cyanide. You're inhaling tar that they put fix the roads with. It's lining your lungs. If I show you the x-ray of a 19-year-old girl who's a non-smoker, it's pink. If I show you the lungs, an x-ray of the lungs of a 19-year-old girl who smokes, who smokes, they're black. They're not pink. There's tar in there. They're stuffing their life up. You are going to get emphysema not X percent, you are going to get emphysema. Emphysema is like taking every breath through a wet sponge. You're killing yourself. Like, duh. Who was who the, the Simpsons? Like, duh. You know, you, you need advertising that works, not fluffs around the edges. I've forgotten where I was. Oh, the three S's. So smoking causes cancer. Sunshine, too much of it, especially getting burnt when you're young, causes cancer. You mentioned the next one, Jane, it's called stress. People who cope badly through their lives are far more likely to get cancer and that's a fact because it affects your hormones, it affects your immune system, and it leaves you wide open that your mitotic cells, which your immune system generally gets rid of in a few hours, they start dividing, they start spreading. You will get cancer if you can't cope for long periods of time. Thank you for the question.
2: And I feel too that, um, you know, many people may have that gene, but it gets turned on with a certain belief system. So
1: I guess I'm with you. Uh, It can be turned on psychologically or physically by chemicals or by your mind power or mind non power. So, yeah, both
2: are very important.
4: Carl? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Lots, wow, lots lots and lots of questions. But, well, here's here's a rule I found, a very simple dieting rule. Um, yep. If you see it on TV, yep. don't eat it.
1: Yeah, so, so that goes that you're I, human. You're, Carl, I banished the word diet from my dictionary and my use of words because diet conjures up a special way of eating that lasts a little time. So diet to me, D-I-E-T. Did I eat that? Yes, you did for three weeks. It doesn't work. But when you lose weight quickly, you lose muscle, you lose fat, you lose fluid. You always lose the fluid. So when you go on The Biggest Loser and all those stupid reality TV shows that are not real, they're unreal, they give them three litres or three or six pints of water to drink before they first weigh in. So they're going to lose that in the first 24 hours. So, you know, it's, it's called cheating. So when you lose weight quickly, you lose the fluid first and then Muscle and fat, but when you put it back on, you put back the fluid and the fat, but you don't put back the muscle. So you're literally weaker than when you started your diet.
4: Yeah, so. there was as you were saying that I was thinking. Um, <clears throat> I lived in Ireland up until I was uh, in my early twenties, and I went to the states. I was I was born there as well. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I noticed was uh, the dieting commercials on TV. Yeah. And what surprised me was, is that the whole uh, psyche was one where weight was a problem that you could not handle on your own. Uh, you needed something—a pill, uh, yeah. you know, a special course, or whatever. It was quite dis- disempowering. But um, I, there's there's something that I wanted to um, talk talk about a bit more. We we talked about kind of the food quality in the sense of being natural Mm -hmm. organic uh so this is a dietary thing um which and and i suppose there's another aspect of this is because you have uh you can still talk about certain food groups but Mm -hmm. they don't have the quality they might even be you know uh messed with uh chemicalization pesticides gmos etc and further down the line so there's, there's a quality thing now, having said that and giving you a spectrum of foods, there's something else uh, that that seems to perhaps override it. And this is the thing you talk about, things like the ability to cope, community, uh, having a sense of purpose. And yeah. and, and so I'm talking more of the subtle aspects uh, of the energy level. So yeah. sometimes I think that if we have the right attitude in, 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 in the right environment, we could eat anything, and be okay. Now that's that's what my grandmother used to say. You could eat anything if you did a good day's work, um, and and she came from a good community and family and stuff like that. So, what would you say to that?
1: I think the human body is more complex than that. By doing a lot of one thing, I don't think you can let go the other facets of your life. Um, the like food is a necessity because it it builds body it repairs body and it gives you energy but once you have an excess of food you know you i mean put it this way life expectancy in the western world is now into the uh into the mid to high 70s women live longer than men because they're smarter However, you don't see too many sumo wrestlers on top of the ground when they're 75. They're under it because they overdid one thing and lacked another thing. So they exercise, they wrestle, but they eat 10 times as much food as we do. So your grandmother had a good saying, but I don't believe it 100%. And in terms of messing up food, The growth of different types of pesticides, insecticides is, well, it's fanatical and it's scary. The first commercial pesticide was called DDT. It was introduced in the late 1930s. The EPA in America was actually started because of DDT. It took America 15 years to ban it. We know now that second and third generation girls who've been exposed to, their mothers and grandmothers exposed to DDC, their risk of breast cancer skyrockets. We know that DDT causes many mental problems and all that sort of stuff. So America banned it in the early 1960s. But since then, the growth of ridiculously poor analysed... And don't forget, they only test pesticides on slaughtered animals. They give it to a young animal who's slaughtered six months later how does that tell you? The biggest thing, Carl, is bioaccumulation. When you're taking a pesticide or, or an insecticide, it lives in your fat stores, not till next week, forever. It builds up. So it doesn't take a week to kill you or give you a, a disease or cancer or <coughs> hormonal disruption. It takes months and years. And so then you have the things like Monsanto, now, there have been payouts of multi, multi millions, and there are 6,000 cases waiting. And, you know, the, the, the internal workings of Monsanto with all those fraudulent, muddy emails and this and that, and they knew of the problems they had in their own company, but they kept producing it and killing people. And so the life comes down to who you trust. So when somebody says, oh, you know, there's this amazing new diet called the keto diet, you know, I said, well, ketosis is bad for the human body. Ketosis can only last for a few days before it starts harming you. Oh, yeah, but I know someone who's lost, you know, 70 pounds doing the keto diet. (laughs) And I said, okay, A, they're harming themselves. B, let me know what their weight is in 10 years' time. So all these fabulous new diets. Why wouldn't you go like I have Back to the longest living, healthiest people on earth who've got less cancer, less diabetes, less hormonal disruption, less diminishment of intelligence and cognition. Why wouldn't you go and study their habits and watch what they do and watch they eat? I mean, that's is it a new invention? No, it's been there for centuries. I mean, I, I you... think
4: it's <clears throat> sorry, doctor. I think it's. Um... Because that's the way we've evolved with eating those foods. We've been eating those natural foods for millions of years. Mm. And then these latest kind of the keto diets or whatever, <clears throat> these are body hacks. You get an effect. Mm. But are they sustained? Are they good for you in the end? These are questions. You get a, You do something, you get to. A, a, a short-term effect you know if you hold your breath you you know you get dizzy but yeah. you know there's things that you do you get an effect it's not necessarily good for you so it's the long time trusted trusted things that work um but it's also that those same foods have to be of the highest quality and that's cool. the more insidious the more insidious thing nowadays uh there's one question that's that's kind of in the back of my mind between what you said about the quality of food, natural, organic, all that good stuff. And yep. then you how you talk about vaccines on the other. And yep. so my question is, as regards medications in general, ph- pharmaceuticals, um, do you see any of those as maybe um, in the long run, uh, predisposing people to illness through weakening their immune system? This could be like chronic taking of drugs as well, where you're, You know, your liver might get weaker if you're taking painkillers all the time. But it's just to fill that little gap between those two worlds
1: you've already talked about. Yes, uh, what we're discussing here is the uh, balance between risk and reward. So we know that vaccines, according to UNICEF, save up to 3 million kids' lives a year. Uh, Is there any long-term deficit or problem? Um, Vaccines in multiple numbers have been around since the 1950s, so that's 70 years ago. There isn't enough adverse reaction uh, in my mind or UNICEF's mind to say that vaccines don't work. If you got on an aeroplane, where do you live? Are you in Ireland or the US at the moment?
4: Oh, I'm in Ireland,
1: yeah. I'm. I so so you go here, to Dublin yeah. tomorrow and get on, uh, do you still have Aer Lingus? Yeah, but they're not flying much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's (laughs) pretend you got on an Aer Lingus uh, flight tomorrow to go to London or wherever. Uh, You might have been concerned that the last stats show that in the last 10 years there have been several thousand people died in airplane crashes. But you've you've entertained this risk and decided that it's worth the risk to get on the plane because you've got a 99.99% chance of getting to London. So the same with medications, the but is the chemical interference. You mentioned genetic modification, GMOs before. Why would you take nature and genetically, it's not genetically modified, it's genetically manipulated so that bugs, you know, don't like the the whatever it's sprayed on. But listen to this, 85% of pesticides and insecticides do not hit their intended target. That might kill the bug, but it goes into the food. And people say, don't know, I wash my fruit and vegetables. I say, good luck. It's in your food as well. You can't wash pesticides off the inside of a banana or an apricot. Yeah, so so they would have a
4: continued effect uh, as a pesticide on your microbiome, on your gut Correct. bacteria, and therefore Correct. altered in that sense. Uh so it's not just foods are genetically modified, but even pharmaceuticals taken inappropriately. Uh, and and even and you know I, what I would I have to say this is is the new uh gene modifying uh, uh injections for COVID uh which are are not fall under the vaccine definition it's slightly different in some of these cases uh, this is probably not the time to get into that in any great detail i just mentioned that
1: i know where you're going but i can't answer the question because research can be done in five minutes on a double mm-hmm. trial with left-handed lesbian mice or you, you do something like the okinawan study over 70 70 years and work out what's right and what's wrong. So COVID vaccines have only been in the manufacture process for a year or less. So I can't answer you.
4: Right, right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I say, I feel, you know, what you're saying with natural foods, uh, this is what we've evolved with. Uh, People living in their pristine environments tend to live quite long. I'm thinking of the Hunza cuts uh, up in northern Kashmir or Pakistan. And they, they, uh, the people who were 100, uh, 120, were still quite active. There was no malformations. And then they put it down to water uh, coming from the high mountains, the mineralization of it. There's probably many things, fresh air, good food, sense of community,
1: et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but there are no billionaires there, are there? See, that's the problem. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, there's only
4: so much you can buy. You know,
1: um... you can only live in one house at a time and drive one car and wear one suit. Uh, the other interesting thing about lifespan is that it depends whether you believe in in creation or evolution. And, and and I don't want to get into the religious space at all, but we were created by something, whether it's whether you evolved from an ape or whether it started as an as a one cell that was created the but is there was enough food on the planet in those times to nurture that creation and allow it to flourish over you know people say oh you should go on the caveman dot i say, well that's great but i'll be dead because cavemen live till 32, if they <laughs> love 32. It. so it's it's the evolution hasn't matched, our food production hasn't matched our evolution. Food production has chemically and scientifically and stupidly gone way ahead of our evolution process. So every new thing we invent as a cure, as a medication, or as a foodstuff, unless it's been around for a long time, you've got to make your risk versus reward evaluation personally I, I, I've had brain cancer my immune system is now pretty good because I eat 10 to 15 veggies every day and I I, I went for a swim yesterday I'm on a conference on the Gold Coast but I went for a swim even though it's it's winter people say it's cold I said yeah but I want to move every muscle see the only three things that move your 600 muscles at once are swimming push-ups and sex on top not just lying there okay? So one of those three things every day, you've got to to move all your muscles. So, you know, I'm boosting my immune system every minute I'm alive. So yes, I'm gonna have the COVID injection because I believe with my immune system, the vaccine is gonna help it, not hinder it because, uh, you know, my immune system is in the 80s and 90s and not down in the 30s and 40s. So yeah, that's my answer. It's all risk versus reward. If you walk across a road, if you smoke 20 cigarettes a day, that's a huge risk. If you walk across a freeway 20 times a day with a blindfold on, that's the same risk. Now, how many people walk across a freeway or a motorway 20 times a day with a blindfold on? Very few. How many people in America smoke cigarettes? Millions and millions and millions are stupid. They are killing their immune system. They are committing suicide. And who's doing it? Big tobacco. And who's not stopping it? The government.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. But as you were saying that, I was saying, I was thinking to myself, uh, no, it's the individual who decides to smoke. I mean, it's hard when all the advertising is against you. But I like to think that we as individuals are responsible, rather than, in an ideal world, rather than uh, blaming the government for our situation. uh, Uh, But 90%
1: 90 of chronic smokers begin as teenagers. It's a social thing. Yeah. It's a social thing. When a teenager's brain doesn't work at 100% efficiency, they're immortal. Yeah that's so, and, right yeah and and now you see in 1945 the smoking habits of males were three times worse than females now the teenagers it's equal it's many i mean m- girls are smarter than boys so why is why are they now 50-50 on the smoking stakes i thought girls were intelligent now are they as stupid as their teenage mates i've got i've got three daughters and five granddaughters Like, you can, hey, get get back. The last thing I'm going to say before we switch off is the biggest thing in our lives is role modelling. Whether you're a politician or a pharmacist or a doctor or a parent, it's role modelling. Yeah,
4: I I, I can't disagree with you there. Yeah.
1: Um, if, uh, If any of your corporate friends want, I have a new seminar called The Karma of Life. I'm not sure whether you're good spellers, but karma is spelled C-A-R-M-A. The C is culture. The A is attitude. The R is resilience. The M is mindset. And so the C-A-R-M equals E-A equals A, achievement, karma. I'll send you some notes, the karma of life. That's brilliant. 40 minutes okay. for conference market.
4: Okay. Thank you very much
1: all right Bryce, thank you
0: so much well you
1: load
0: dr tikel you loaded us with information and on in my um just want to share that in my own clinical observation as well and also growing up and being exposed to all different cultures one thing that i realize is when it comes to health we think sometimes we think we know it all and then because I could study, you know, all from Western medicine, and I go to alternative medicine, animal medicine. And then I see people, clients, and patients, and wow, it's so amazing because one will follow, let's say, strict being vegetarian and yet having a lot of issues. And I see one is, you know, not a vegetarian having a lot of issues as well. And, and of course, then all of them will always have. One problem is their digestive system. So mm-hmm. now maybe that's another topic because we're running short of time, but it's just like crazy. And the same thing as when um Jane and Carl King brought out about the mind. Yeah, when you believe in something and you know that it might help you. And when you believe, so like for me, I really um have belief believed that since I am created in the image of God and the whole universe was provided me a lot of things that I need. So I have learned to like depend on what the universe and me, you know, was given to me. So then I decided I'm not putting anything that is not, uh, no, not, uh, not uh, yeah. natural things. And guess what? In, in ICU, when I was working, I have the highest sick time. I could sell my sick time. I had yeah. the highest energy even now. So I said to myself, I, I will continue to honor that um, natural immunization and immunity. Now, do, you said you wanted to share that, that breathing. Yeah, Will you be able to share it in two to three minutes? And then please also, after that, do tell the audience on any contact information that you would want to share with them
1: okay okay so <coughs> there was a two part <coughs> excuse me two part suggestion there grace what what was the first thing you wanted me to share i said do you do
0: you still want to do that breathing you said
1: Oh, the uh, the immune system rating
0: no the breathing the breaths breathing oh the you...
1: oh the breathing i thought you said a breathing breathing okay let's do the breathing now i want you to sit up straight okay with your back against the chair and let your shoulders just slump. Now I want you to deliberately take a deep breath in your mouth down to your diaphragm. Now that means the diaphragm is the big muscle between your lungs and your abdomen. And to make sure your diaphragm is going down, not up, as you breathe in, you put your hand on your belly button. If you can find your belly button somewhere there, you put your hand on your belly button and as you breathe in, make sure your belly button is coming out two or three inches, which means your diaphragm is going down, expanding. So breathe in, belly button out, out, belly button back in. So it's a long, slow breath. Some some breathing experts tell you to breathe in your nose and out your mouth or vice versa, but I don't care where it's coming in and out from, as long as it's coming in and out. So uh, second time, hand on belly button, Now, long breath in, deep, out, and one more time, in, out, now if you feel a little bit dizzy, that's fine because it means you don't do that enough, so every hour you've got to do it a three, three times breathing, deep breath, I guarantee after those three breaths, your blood pressure will be 10 to 20 points lower. I'll guarantee after those three breaths, your pulse rate has come down numerically. So if you do that once an hour, you don't have to wake up at night, but if you do it once an hour, it only takes a few seconds, then over a week and a month, your blood pressure will come down somewhat without any pills or any medications, and it's, once again, the power of the positivity of mind and body working together, but the actual mechanics of getting air into your lungs. We, we just don't expand our lungs unless we're singing or screaming at somebody, getting upset and screaming. We don't get the breath into the, the far corners and little knickknacks of our lungs. And this is where smokers are doubly, triply, at the worst end of the scale, because they can't get the breath in, because all their lung cells, what we call the alveoli, all their lung cells are starting to get filled with tar and 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 all those sort of nasty chemicals. So smokers can't inhale breath into their lungs. So just do one more hand on belly button, breathe in, belly button out. So you'll get used to doing that, set your watch, do it every hour. So that's too much. I said, well, that's your body, it's not mine. Do it every hour. Okay, Grace, was there one more thing you suggested or was that it? Uh, I, now, what about all those wonderful, lovely people out there? If they want to purchase one of my amazing books, uh, the, the most amazing book is called uh, The Great Australian Diet. As I say, it was called a diet book so it would sell more. But the main thing about this eating plan, and coping plan, and activity plan, it's the A skills of life, I stole it. I didn't make it up. I stole it from the longest living, healthiest people on earth. So that is the bottom line of truth. It's the truth. You can trust it. So the Great Australian Diet, if you did want me to to book me for 40 to 60 minute conference for your people or your corporation. Uh, then uh, look up at my website. Grace, are you able to distribute my uh, www.drjohntickell.com to the people? They can look that up and have a little bit of a read. And you think you want some lives changed and a few lives saved, guaranteed from the doctor down under. So have a look at me on the website and get hold of a book and watch Grace Asagra's podcasts mind and body, mind, body and soul and all those beautiful things. Let's change the world for the better. Grace, thank you so much.
0: Thank you again, Dr. Tikal and yes, and all the rest of the panel and all the viewers. And I guess it's all a matter of making that choice and seeing how that choice that we do for our health works for us. And that's the beautiful thing of life. Thank you.
3: Thank you. It was a real pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep in touch. Please. Thank you. Bye bye.